0: Welcome to the After Dark Podcast with Anthony James and Conrad. Make sure to
1: subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hello and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James and that's Conrad.
0: Hello. (laughs) (laughs) That's him. (laughs) Uh, new season, new rules. Yeah, how long have you been planning that one for? Yeah, that that came into my head about five seconds ago, to be honest. And the winner, I've gone with. All
1: right, it. okay, so that's a perfect segue into us talking about. You might have noticed that Conrad has a new microphone. Come on, Conrad,
0: show it off. Welcome to Radio Dark. <laughs> so basically i can't do it i haven't got a radio voice it's, i wish i did i wish i did
1: so basically we're hoping that it'll be a much more consistent sound from conrad conrad's been actually using his headset mic <laughs> till now yeah, we were keeping like that a pro a secret. gamer yeah we were keeping that a secret but uh we've been able to um procure him a microphone um we're still waiting to i've also ordered myself one we uh, have got I think it's a lovely Road NT. Is that? Is yep, that it? that's the fella. Yeah. So it's uh, we're gonna have a lot more consistent sound, you know. We, as as he says, it's a new series. We needed to have new sounds, but uh, so we're, we're hoping. So let us know what you think of uh Conrad's levels and how he gets on in this uh, episode. We, we're thinking it sounds great. You can tell by the the low dulcet tones there. It yeah, great, yeah, sounded, sounded
0: like, great to me. Those low lows and high highs in this Road TM. Uh, by the way, Road, if you do want uh advertising space, we are. Open to the possibility. Rtm uh, microphone, yeah.
1: And I'm getting the same microphone next week. Um, <laughs> yeah, because uh, in Northern Ireland, apparently, the uh, it takes literally 17 hours to get to Conrad, uh, where he lives, and it takes about three <laughs> days to
0: get to me. Listen, it's the benefit of living in uh, the the cultural mecca of, of England that I that, where I live.
1: Well, we, have, yeah, we haven't even went through uh, a no-deal Brexit yet. And, and, that's like, true. All that stuff hasn't even hit the pan <clears> yet, and I still can't get it in, in one day. Uh, well, that's just fine. But uh, what we wanted to say is we wanted to say thank you very much to a specific four people because without their help, we couldn't have got these microphones. Now, we weren't advertising this whatsoever, um, but the fact is on the podcast, you can actually tip us. Would you believe if you like what we, what you're hearing and you want to contribute a little to the podcast, what we can promise is if you contribute anything to the podcast, it will go back into making the podcast better quality. Both Conrad and I, we have jobs. We're not looking to line our pockets here. If you could, if you could throw us anything, anything at all, we'd be much appreciated. And it will go back into the podcast. Um, Having said that, we're not begging you. Keep your money, give it to a charity if you want to. Um, So basically we have to say thank you to four people whose uh, tips really uh helped us out and the tip uh link is in the description as well um and it's also in the description of the audio podcast that's where they found it so these four people searched out to give us money conrad
0: yeah it's it's unbelievable it's i mean obviously thank you to everyone for listening and you know we 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 get you know some some like income from the from the ad revenue but to to actually go out of your way to tip us like directly is amazing and i can't believe people actually did that to be honest it's it's unreal
1: yeah, it's it is unreal, and like Conrad and I always say to each other when we when we talk when we're talking off air and stuff, we we always say we can't believe people are even listening to us. Yeah,
0: yeah, so, definitely.
1: So let alone people taking up their hard-earned money and giving it to us, it's it's just that's just a whole other thing. So the four people are now it's actually email addresses, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the whole thing. Okay, I I'm just gonna say sort of one name out of it. Okay, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I yeah sure. yeah that'll be fine (laughs) yeah it'll be fine
1: there's only four of them so if you're listening you know like i'm sure these four people are listening you know who you are okay so thank you very much to et i'll say that et nice um thank you very much to butiska oh thank you very much to thomas thomas k i'll say that thomas k and thank you very much to now this person is always commenting in the comments so if you see him Give a big thanks from us. Rennie, I'll say Rennie. I'm not saying you say the rest, but you'll, I think a lot of people who are in the comments having chats down there, you'll know who it is. So thank mm. you very much to those four. We are blown away. Um, I think the next thing we need to pr- procure for the podcast would be a quality webcam cam for, uh, for Conrad so we can get his ugly mug on the, on the screen.
0: Yeah, just like ruin everyone's, everyone's viewing experience.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so thank you very much. Right, so subscribe on podcasting apps. Uh, if you haven't already, it does a huge favor. We're, we're loving the numbers going up and up and up. It's great. Thank, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, and apart from that, I think we're just ready to get into this banger of an episode. What do you think, Conrad?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Oh, let's break it down!
1: So the episode opens with a quote from Friedrich Nietzsche. And it says, And if you gaze long into the abyss, the abyss also gazes into you.
0: Yes. Yeah, I remember I first uh, came across this quote when I was reading the graphic novel The Watchman back in, I don't even yeah. know when, like 2003 or something, but it's a very good quote. I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, I read at least half of that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I finished the whole thing, but it's one of those things where I read it around the same time the film came out, so I can't actually picture the differences in my mind, you know what I mean?
0: Do you, when you think of the ending, do you think of a giant squid attack in New York or a nuke going off that everyone blames Dr. Manhattan for? Nuke okay yeah so there you go you've you've got the movie influence
1: yeah okay that's I thought that would happen um okay so yeah so Nietzsche any thoughts uh, how uh, like well actually just answer this maybe with one word if you want did you see themes of this uh of of this quote from Nietzsche in this episode yet um they do like to start off uh it seems like they start off each season with a quote from someone because they started so, off season one with a quote too, but I can't quite remember. I think it might have. Been, was it was an Einstein quote. I can't remember, quite remember.
0: Uh, I think it was an Einstein quote. Yeah, I think I, to be honest with this quote, the, the way I normally read this is that the longer you spend interacting with the darker side of anything, the more your your character will become coloured by those interactions, and the darker you will become as an individual. Which I guess kind of is thematically appropriate for Dark as a series is it Mm -hmm. appropriate for this episode specifically I don't know I felt like to me there was uh more the more themes relating to the episode title than to this quote um Mm -hmm. that that really stood out to me in this episode um but I think as a general kind of um, a general kind of lens through which to view the series of dark. This this uh, you know Nietzsche quote certainly it's certainly appropriate. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, okay, so then the first scene we get is uh, probably something which you didn't think we were going to get this early. We no. actually we actually see them building the tunnel. Um, Bloody 1921.
0: 1921. Yeah, uh,
1: and I also like it, it's something that second seasons of TV shows generally. I think it's a bit of a th- it's a very common strategy uh, for the writing that they give you new characters at the very beginning of season two. Yeah. Um, uh, so it, it is, it's something that's very common. Um, but in this scene, they're, they're digging the tunnel. There's two males. Uh, one is an older, 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 sort of middle-aged one. One's quite a young fella. And they're digging the tunnel. Then they go out for a rest. Um, we, we hear them sort of recanting sig- Sigmundus Creatus Est. Um, and then what happens is... It's revealed that the blonde one is Noah. Yep. And then he kills the other guy.
0: Kills the other guy. Yeah. So, um, oh, well, we also in this opening. So I'll, I'll reveal this little tidbit. Now I have a big old theory coming out of this episode. And part of it is the identity of the older gentleman who is killed here. Or that, that, that leads into the bigger theory. Mm. Um, but uh yeah so these guys kind of talking about how the beginning and end are kind of the same thing um and that this sort of paradoxical idea of this loop that that shouldn't work but but does somehow is kind of prevalent throughout this episode which perhaps unsurprising given the episode title but yeah the introduction of a young Noah is very exciting um the introduction of a new timeline in 1921 and uh, also the mention of the name adam which uh, oh yes. come, yeah and and uh, you know to be honest there's a lot in this opening because they also talk about oh, it's six days until paradise begins and hell on earth ends so we know the 27th of june something's gonna happen um, it, it's
1: been cut, it cuts to uh, old knower, older older knower as well yeah his little book and i think we see inside the book for the first time and it says beginning of the last cycle
0: Yeah, which I am fascinated to know what exact, well, how many cycles there are. If if the 2019 to 2020 kind of stretch is the is the last cycle, um, you know what what are how many have come before that? Basically, is 1921 the first one? I guess it seems like it might be, given that's where Young Noah is, but it's it's all up in the air at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's interesting the idea of the cycle. It's hard to know what they mean. Like, do they mean Mm. a literal cycle of time? Or do they mean like the cycle of events? Like, for example, one particular cycle would be the idea of uh, Nickel going back in time, turning into Michael. You know, like that. That's a cycle yeah, of events. I-
0: I think in my head that's more what I thought it meant like uh, the, there's you know there's a stretch of time between 2019 and 2020 where no one is kind of actively messing with the timeline and then there's uh, a yeah. sort of stretch mm-hmm. of nine days or in, you know uh, six days in this case where someone goes back in time and starts the cycle within that that timeline where you know there's some deterministic hijinks going on right. um, that's that's kind of my read of that so I'm interested to see so, yeah. who it is
1: so your idea is that like, the, the cycle refers to the period of time in which a passage or something is open.
0: Yeah, basically. Okay, cool.
1: Uh, awesome. So then we get the opening credits. Uh, then we get a a, a scene uh, with, uh, with yep. uh, a, a, young, a young Marta and a young Jonas. Yeah. Uh, seem, they're seeming to uh, enjoy each other's company, we'll say.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a a, a sex dream that turns out to be a nightmare. Which, to be fair, we've all been there, Jonas. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we just weren't all in the position to be in the same the same age group of the relative. But anyway, yeah. um, so uh, <laughs> Jonas uh Jonas wakes up from it like a nightmare, sort of bringing back the feelings of early in the first season. Actually, when he was waking up from the nightmares, I also noticed that there was parallels in this uh, opening uh, sequence here with Jonas between the first season. The first episode opening up and this, in terms of like, in the first episode, we had Ulrich and Hannah going mm. at it. We sort of get the similar thing here. It starts off like that. And then Jonas comes downstairs. It focuses on the photograph of the family. It's, it, it was, there was definitely echoes of the first season. Obviously, at this point, we're in a completely different space in terms of the story.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. But I mean, I think the Jonas dream sequence to Jonas waking up is a tried and tested um, kind of opening to an episode, yeah. or I guess not opening, but opening to a scene at this uh, at this stage
1: yeah it 's classic it 's classic classic dark at this point, but mm. um, then we get a, a fantastic uh, sequence of of Jonas sort of going about his errands in a way uh, in yeah. this post apocalyptic world, and I can say that as not a spoiler because you know now that it says the apocalypse is happening soon, so yeah. in this post apocalyptic world, Jonas is going around. Um, you know sort of collecting things it seems there's like lovely beautiful shots of him like in the school and all the like the basketball court all of the uh yeah is rippled and one thing about this scene that really got me is it's so quiet it's eerily quiet
0: yeah it's so i mean i have a lot to say about this stretch but i think the the realization of the post-apocalyptic world here which i i should um full disclosure the the netflix um episode uh, description for this does state that Jonas wakes up in 2052 which I thought isn't actually confirmed anywhere in this episode which is a bit like oh, okay fine well that's that confirmed then um but oh, it's, um, it's
1: literally just before you clicked on the episode it said 2052
0: yeah so you know when you when you like you select you know which episode you want to watch and it says like X does this and yeah. whatever, whatever. you know, it's like two sentences. And in that it says, Jonas wakes up in 2052 and has to do something, um, which I was a bit like, I don't think they've confirmed that at any point in this episode. That feels like a bit of a spoiler Netflix, but, um, but yeah, so this, this realization of the sort of post-apocalyptic uh, 2050s is incredibly believable. It's, it's really, um, it reminds me a lot. It's, it's funny to return to this. Actually, it reminds me a lot of 80s, movies that are set in kind of dystopian futures when th- the reason they would set them in sort of post-apocalyptic or dystopian futures is because making them was cheaper because you could find yeah. like burnt out factories or whatever and be like oh it's a post-apocalyptic future yeah and there this, is a
1: couple of those isn't there
0: yeah and this feels like a bit of a callback to that it probably wasn't done for budgetary reasons but it's incredibly smart to do it because you, you don't have to you know create some sprawling cityscape yeah. uh, you know filled with flying cars you just have this this kind of burnt out world uh, and it's, yeah, it's fantastic. And the the, um, the the sort of ambient score in this episode is great in all of dark, but this sort of like pulsing synth um, and what sounds like almost kind of like alien animal calls. Like it almost feels kind of yeah. like 50s sci-fi, obviously not with the synth added on top of it. It's amazing
1: yeah exactly yeah i i i have everything good to say about the sequence it's so different as well i found mm. to the rest of dark in that there's no dialogue like dark is a very dialogue driven show obviously except in yeah. the montage sections but uh the um the, the slow eerie silent with all those with that synthy sort of soundtrack happening too as you say yeah, yeah. it's just so compelling and it's so it, it gives you a completely different feeling straight away into season two it's yeah like all you those- feel like you're in the future you feel like you're in the future, exactly, and you feel like Jonas is is completely out of his element in no a way. Yeah, um,
0: I is- um, I have I have some questions. I'm not looking for answers to them, but I might pose them here just because okay, that's no fine problem. Because yeah. we we can maybe return to them later. But so my big thoughts coming out of this sequence were, well, threefold. So uh, first. Uh, Claudia talking about the apocalypse on the twenty seventh of June, twenty twenty, which on the, is on the, rec- the cassette machine. Yeah, yeah, on the cassette, and talking about the God particle, which um, I think we'll find out what that is a bit later. But um the thing, this isn't really a question, more of a statement. But the thing that struck me about that was, and I didn't vocalise this at the time, but my expectation at the end of season one was that um, older Jonas setting off the Uh, time machine in the wormhole was the thing that was going to cause the sort of nuclear disaster that would lead to the apocalypse that we'd kind of seen glimpses of. Mm -hmm. Um, So then when I found out that the sort of 2019 timeline was going to continue on for another year, I was really surprised by that actually. Um, So that was, that was a nice surprise because I didn't expect to see many of those characters again, or certainly not in the same capacity that we saw them in season one. Um, So what are your questions? Well, okay, so I've got two questions. One, and this is just operated, like going It sounded really dismissive, mind. so what are your questions? <laughs> so the significance of that necklace on Marta's photo, that seems interesting to me. I, I haven't okay. spotted that anywhere yet. And the big one is, what are those cocoons? <laughs> like, because they're everywhere in this episode, and they look like massive wasps' nests. They're horrible.
1: Yeah, I don't know what they are. Is it something that is like a growth on a tree that can happen with nuclear...
0: Well, they're everywhere, though. They're like in houses and stuff. I do, yeah. They they are horrific, whatever they are. Like, yeah, they, they really,
1: really add to this. It makes it like almost adds like a a scary, like terror aspect to the world. Yeah,
0: like I was, I I was literally, I, I I will get to it at the end. There's a theory I want to propose, which is one of the ones I don't really believe, but I think it's quite funny. But awesome. there was genuinely a part of my head that was like, is this going to turn into sort of like a body horror? you know uh, like creature feature sci-fi thing with like giant (laughs) wasp monsters um but yeah but even if they're just set dressing they are horrible and they're everywhere and it's really really cool um i don't know who came up with that idea but they're a genius
1: yeah it's like really sort of unlike something you've seen before yeah it's it's cool yeah I, i agree it's great uh okay so then we get um we get the sort of what what sort of takes the place of the uh episode title card uh, of this yeah. episode we get 21st of june 2020 six days until the apocalypse
0: yep which is a it's a pretty profound way to introduce a scene
1: it is yes and uh one thing like so conrad you were saying this before we started uh, recording that you, you were a bit taken aback by the, the fact there was no title card for the episode this yeah,
0: i know no opportunity to flex my bad german
1: yeah so it's actually uh this episode's called beginnings and endings but yeah. it doesn't actually show it. I can't remember. I can't remember if it's the whole way through the series, or maybe yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it just starts like this every time. I, I can To be honest with you, I can't actually remember. Maybe that's a stylistic choice they just decided to go away from. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, uh, I think you said that you wanted to have a go at the German anyway.
0: Well. I think I, I'm pretty sure I'm getting this wrong because I think so it I, turns, it,
1: yeah. what it turns into now is that you're, you have to try and remember the correct, remember
0: the German, so you're so actually I would, trying
1: to translate it. Whereas I'll, I'll, once you've tried to translate it, then I'll try and pronounce it from Google translate.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I mean, if, if you ask me with a gun to my head to, to say this episode in German, I would say beginner to end it, but I think that's begin and end, as opposed to beginnings and endings. Uh, so mm-hmm. I could easily be wrong.
1: Well, I put it into um, uh, the Google Translate for German, which is probably completely wrong. but uh, <laughs> um, And I'm getting Anfang und Enden. That's what I'm getting. So, oh, okay. Well, let us know in the comments who's correct. Uh, you know, is or, it Conrad or, or, is it, or is it Google? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have come no part on. in this. I have no part in this. Although you yeah. can let me know what what my uh, pronunciation was like. Uh, in terms of the six days to the until the apocalypse,
0: uh, what did you think when you saw that? So... Yeah, again, I was really surprised because I thought the end of season one, all Jonas opens the wormhole. Everything's going to go to shit. That's what causes the all the, you know, we've seen glimpses of the dead trees and stuff in Vinden. We kind of know there's a, a cataclysmic event happening or they're hinting at it. And I thought that was what was going to cause it. So to even go back to the um, 2019, or in this case, 2020 surprised me. And then for it to be six days in the future is is awesome as a plot device because you don't get much more of a ticking clock than that say you've got six days uh and then the world's gonna basically be irrevocably changed Mm -hmm. um and particularly interesting um given because uh in the previous scene jonas has obviously been looking at the calendar and the 27th is circled and we know from this scene that it's hannah who's circling those and uh or who is marking off the X's and then is circling the 27th, which implies at some point in the next six days, which presumably is going to be maybe the next six episodes. I'm not sure how the timing will will pan out, Mm -hmm. but um, she's going to find out. Well, she finds out something pretty big in this episode, but she's going to find out something even bigger.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Um, So a couple of things I wanted to point out at this stage, the fact that the apocalypse comes in season two, uh, I wanted to point out a couple of times in season one that they made allusions to this was going to happen. Sort mm. of, you know, how they lay clues for you. Um, like, you know, how you picked up on clues for uh, the stranger being Jonas in a way, and you also picked up clues for um, Michael being Mickle. So mm. um,
0: there's
1: a couple of clues that have been laid um, it, for this uh, apocalypse. The first of which is Ulrich's tag, no future, is one.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, definitely sort of alluding to the idea that like, you know, the world's going to explode. Um, and then the other one was, uh, when, whenever Hannah and Ulrich were sitting at the bus station, they were talking about what they would wish for. And Ulrich says he would wish for a world without wind. And
0: yeah. Yeah. Nice going Ulrich.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so there we go. Uh, Oh, just out of completely out of left field, not about this at all, but, uh, it just reminded me, uh, I was watching an interview with the creators and they mentioned a, uh, Um, a costume choice that they made in season one, which was the same clue. And it's so subtle. And this shows you Conrad, how this show, you have to look into every detail because listen to this detail that they put in for the Mickle Michael reveal, right? They put in this detail, the fact that he was wearing the skeleton clothes. he, He was the first character that you saw associated with death in any way wearing the skeleton clothes after Michael killed himself. That they they did that to try and make give you a clue that Michael is Mickle.
0: That yeah, I, I I guess yeah that I, I I kind of I can kind of see the the link there. Although I'd say I, that feels quite on the nose for the kind of um, I mean, obviously they've said they've done it, but like
1: yeah, the, they, they said they that, did it on purpose. yeah.
0: That feels quite on the nose for them, <laughs> for them to be like he's a skeleton.
1: See, yeah, well um, that, exactly. But the thing is, like, no one is looking for that yeah that's
0: true maybe it's it's, it's hiding in plain sight
1: yeah so that just shows you how much thought they're putting into the show you know um which which is fantastic it means they're working with every every department to make it oh
0: yeah like i've got absolutely no doubt that that they are just lacing everything with with uh subtext and 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 littering the 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 actual um, images with with little hints to what's going on it's why those cocoons stuck out to me so much because they're Mm I feel like they must become important because they're in pretty much every scene set in 2052. Um, although I, I don't know how they're going to become important, but it's yeah. Like th- there's nothing that is done by accident in this show.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. Awesome. So then we go from uh, uh, the, the future to sort of, the, I would say the present day, because that's where we started in season one, which yeah. is now 2020. It's moved on from November all the way to June now. So this this series has like a sort of a summer feel to it, which is very much eighty sequel. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, basically, Hannah is now distraught because uh, Jonas has gone missing. It's, it's a bit of a question in my mind whether she's distraught over Jonas being missing or Auric being missing, but still. <laughs> um, so she's seen, as you said, marking off the calendar. Um, and she's just sort of just, you know, what, what did you what did you think maybe you didn't really think about it, how many people have gone missing, but when you saw the newspaper, oh yeah, literally got them all missing. (laughs) It's like, Jesus Christ, what was going
0: on in this town?
1: Yeah. And they've even included Mads there actually, even though it was 33 years before.
0: Yeah. Just, they just lump him in as well. Um, Yeah. It's, um, it has become sort of systemic at this point, like something, someone that must be, well, as we, as we find out, the higher authorities have eventually taken note of the fact that, there are like now half a dozen people who have gone missing (laughs) in Linden in like the last six months. Um, But it's, I, I just to talk about Hannah briefly, I thought the marking off of days on the calendar, it feels, it really speaks to me as a, of a kind of low level desperation that a parent would have. Who's like lost their child because you kind of continue to mark the days since they went missing because you kind of have to believe that they're coming back, but she's sort of too broken to do anything else at this point. Um, which yeah, it felt very believable to me. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, also, uh, Hannah is Claudia. False, false. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So then we get uh, a short, very, very short scene of uh, the Tiedemann family: um, Bartos, Alexander, and Regina. And Regina has been having cancer treatment, um, and she's been told that her cancer seems to be in decline. Like her health seems to be in decline. They want her to come to the hospital. She refuses to
0: yeah she doesn't um, look like she's doing well she looks like she's kind of accepting that she's she's going probably going to die from from this disease
1: yeah yeah i would i would i would, i would assume the same um again what what are your feelings like how do you feel for alexander like what are your feelings for these characters at this point
0: so barto's um has an interesting arc in this episode um, that he has a really really good scene with with Marta a little bit later where both of those actors get a, get an opportunity to really express how their characters are feeling and it's, it feels very believable to me and I think we 'll get into this fully at the end because Bartosz is part of one of my theories, um, but I think that where where he ends up in this episode. Is really, really like poignant for what we see come before that. I'm not going to say any more than that because it'll give something away. But it's, I, I mean, you know start. Well, it doesn't start with this, but um, yeah, there's there's stuff that that Bartos goes through in this episode that makes me maybe feel a bit sorry for him.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, we'll we'll get into that in the in the. In the roundup, I think. I think I know yeah. where you're going with that if I'm asked for you. Uh, so, awesome. So, uh, then we get the scene. Again, it's the start of the new season. You're always going to get new characters. Yep. We've got the big, big police boy coming in to sort this mess out. Yep. Uh, so, uh, he's introduced, we, he's, he has a, a Freud, he says a Freud quote. Um, I've actually got the whole quote here. If you want me to read it? So Yeah, go um, for it. He that has eyes to see. Now it doesn't sound as cool in Meisving and in English as it does in German. Let me tell you that because <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's so good. I, I, I don't know. I, I, this is one of the things that I love about uh, about dark is that just because it's like foreign to me, that the it's every, every line sounds amazing. Uh, but um, so he that has eyes to see and ears to hear may convince himself that no mortal can keep a secret. In if his lips are silent, he chatters with his fingertips. The trail oozes out of out of him at every pore um and then he's in one of the funniest introductions to the character, he says that was Freud, and I'm clausen <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: putting himself on a level playing field with Freud <laughs> yeah. um yeah, I like Klausen. I've decided already. This this uh, guy played uh, Goebbels in *Inglorious Bastards*, and he was like a of really sort he of. Did. He was like really hammy um, in that, and it's really interesting to mm-hmm. see him in. I'm going to say it's more restrained this role, but only just because he sort of comes in with this really dramatic introduction, and it's almost sort of like a. Um, it's like a classic whodunit detective, almost like he he. Fe- you feel yeah. like he kind of he already knows everything and he's just revealing to the characters around him how much he knows gradually as time goes on. I, d- I don't think he actually does know everything, but he has that sort of air about him and it's really, really entertaining.
1: Yeah, ex- I know exactly what you mean. I, when I, I think of Who It, obviously I think of Knives Out because that's the most recent. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, that, one that I thought, yeah. Yeah, but, that exactly, exactly that kind of character.
1: Yeah, and actually you saying that he was in *Inglorious Bastards makes so much sense to me. I can picture him in it now. I love that film. I haven't actually, I could didn't, I didn't know that until right now. I don't know yeah, how, I, it's, you know.
0: He looks very different because obviously in that he's, he's got, you know, black hair and brown eyes and he's wearing, uh, well, I presume he's wearing contacts and dyeing his hair in that and this is his natural look. But um, it's nice to see him in something where he gets to be a little bit less of a caricature. Um, but, he, but he still has that kind of... Um, i guess kind of like flair for the dramatic here which is really fun to see um and a uh, little side note i bloody love waller's glasses in this episode yeah, yeah, yeah. i really hope his uh, his eye is never explained yeah like guy uh, is
1: <laughs> it, it it seems to be it was if he has these glasses on, he had that. What? He, how long was the first? I suppose the first season was only about a week in time, wasn't it? Ten days in time. That is so true. Yeah. It makes sense that he had that thing on his eye for that long. I suppose but it was still healing from whatever happened. But it's. uh It was definitely. It was definitely like a huge thing. But now he's like got a sleek new pair of glasses. Yeah, he
0: look. He look yeah, he looks like Cyclops from the X Men now. <laughs> like he's got a cool. Right. One eye,
1: one eye cyclops. <laughs> yeah. But uh another thing about about Clausen, you tell you, it makes so much sense to me now that you said he's from Inglorious Bastards because in, uh, what we see a lot in T V series in the second season, after a series has done well, in the second season, they get a big name actor to come in and play play a part. That happens yeah. a lot. And that maybe is what this guy is, is he comes in, he's playing Clausen. He's now he's sort of like you know, they've got the big guy in, you know what I mean? So I'm sure I'm sure everyone in Germany knows this actor.
0: I would assume so if he's been in a tarantino film he must be relatively well known um, yeah. in germany um and probably rightfully so because yeah he's really he's really entertaining yeah
1: exactly. okay uh next scene is uh francisca and magnus um
0: magnus with the dream boat hair here <laughs> yeah <laughs> Ma- blow up for magnus between the seasons
1: <laughs> yeah he's, he's really put some effort in uh <laughs> He's got a girlfriend now, so he's, he can, he can he's he's basically letting himself relax a bit, I think. But
0: yeah, I love the cutting his hair down.
1: Yeah, the attention to detail actually, um, actually, it's probably to be honest with you, it's probably portrayed that he's not caring about cutting his hair because his dad and his brother are gone. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it is a glow up. But uh, it's also he's got his dye, you know, his bit bleach hair at the end at the end of the long hair. You yeah, know, just to show that it's, it's all his roots have grown
0: out yeah no that yeah that is that is actually that's a good attention to detail that i hadn't um that i hadn't really considered but yeah i guess you know he's probably the implication is probably that, that he's just letting his hair grow because he's distracted and to be honest actually his dialogue in this scene where he, he seems to me that he kind of just wants all this to be over so people can kind of start healing which mm-hmm. is a very magnus sentiment to have he he sort of he strikes me as a character who's very much a mediator and, and just wants people to kind of be happy and be all right. And I don't know how active he's going to be in anything else, but, um, but he, he's a really likable character for that reason.
1: Yeah, and like, it, it alludes to that in this conversation where he says it would be better. He, would, he kind of feels it would be better if every, for everyone if they were dead.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I what I what I meant by that. Like, because he he wants confirm he'd rather get confirmation that his younger brother is dead, so people can begin the healing process. Yeah, I think like he just wants closure now, which is a, a pretty stark contrast to definitely to his mum, even even to Martha to a certain extent as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, and also just just some more flourishing of this relationship, although it very quickly turns into a <laughs> similar ideas from last last season. Yeah,
0: they he still doesn't trust her, and rightfully so, as it turns out.
1: Okay, yeah, rightfully yeah, because he yeah, we'll get into that when we get there. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's still a bit of distrust going on here. All right, then we get uh, Katerina going into the caves, looking very dishevelled. It's probably been a rough uh, sort of seven or eight months for her.
0: Yeah, this caught, caught me off guard as well, actually to be honest i did not I did not um pick her as someone to get involved in this. It makes sense that she would um and actually also, I will mention at this point, although it's not related to Katerina in any way. I was on tenterhooks for most of this episode with my prediction about Peter Doppler being the next one to time travel. More on that later <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I, was, I was furious. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've I never been your, less
0: happy to see Peter Doppler in an episode of television.
1: I, I love the idea, of, yeah, your idea of Peter just showing up at a different time and not have a clue what's going
0: yeah, on. I would have done <laughs> it. But but when they were like showing showing Charlotte in the um in the the introduction to Clausen, I was like, Peter's not here. Like, <laughs> I was really excited. We'll come back to that later. Okay, awesome. All
1: right, so yeah, so we'll we'll also catch up with Katarina a bit later as well. But yeah, as you said, it's interesting that she's going down that route. Okay, so. Then we get back to Jonas, and again, it's more so. It's more slow-moving. Yeah. Uh, sort of. It's not really eerie anymore, but it's sort of very sentimental. He's going through the graveyard, and while he's walking through, we see a number of different graves of people who, presumably, died in the apocalypse, but we're not quite sure at this point. they yeah. um, So they're uh, all the
0: same dates. So well, most of them are the same date.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, so Jonas goes, but uh, Jonas actually goes up to his uh, his father's. Gravestone, and he puts the picture of him and his mom and his dad, which I thought was very touching um,
0: yeah th- there 's a lot of um, both jonas's get a lot of quite touching character moments in this episode we we 'll come to it later on, but the older Jonas and the Hannah stuff is very touching, and jonas 's kind of slow acceptance that everyone he knows or pretty much everyone he knows is dead is really touching i actually I had another question for you out of this scene. Um, one of the graves that's shown is uh Justina Jankowski, and I can't remember who that is or if it's someone we've even met before
1: so you know the uh the woman who is the uh, uniformed police officer
0: oh the one in the Klausen scene
1: yeah she's she's in a lot she's in a load of different police station scenes okay um, dark hair she's she's yeah. yeah she's got a she's got a uniform on. she's basically one of the only uniformed cops there is uh, that's her
0: oh okay cool. i I don't I wonder if she's actually been named before, and I've I just think missed I, th- it, I think
1: I think I'm not sure. I think she does get named at some point. I don't know if she has already, but also okay. I think it's on her badge. You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, okay, that's cool. I just I wasn't sure when I saw that. I was like, oh, who's this? But um, yeah, I'll, just, I'll, <laughs> thought,
1: I'll I'll nip that in the bud for you, just so you can go on even uh, you can go on better better theory.
0: Routes. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, no, that the obviously you know the martyr grave is. Is that's the big significant. One,
1: eh? Yeah, yeah, that's significant, because yeah, because there's no... we know she's alive.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's a character of the scar, well, and yeah. also Agnes Nielsen.
1: Yeah, she's a, she's both of them. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> she, she might even be
1: Klausen at this stage. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, so um, then we get the scene you were talking about uh, between Bartos and Marta, where they they go back and forth uh, in terms of I don't know. They're sort of just having a go at each other. Really. It starts off quite amicable and they, and you know, there's and a tension. There's, there's, there's a, there is a tension and Bartos is like, Oh, I guess this is it then. And it seems like the, it is going to end on that tension. But then Bartos just, you know, he goes, you know what frigate. And he just likes He just goes in, he goes in on a.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: it, it's, um, it's because of Jonas. He says it's because of Jonas. Isn't
0: it? So there was, yeah, there, there was potentially a translation issue here, which confused me slightly. Um, because he, yeah, he he accuses Marta of wanting to end it because of Jonas, and Marta says we hardly ever see each other in regards to Jonas, and he at this point has been missing, I think, for six months.
1: No, I think she, I think she must have been referring to her and Bartos.
0: Oh, okay, maybe I just misread that then. Yeah, because I was like, is that just a translation error, or is it hinting at something we're yet to see between I, Jonas? I think and, she's, and she's her.
1: like, she's like not even paying attention to the Jonas thing because she's like countering that by saying, no, uh, no, because okay. we
0: never see each other. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Um, Yeah. So they're both kind of acting. And again, this is a very believable sort of state of, um, depression and and handling of grief and that they're both kind of acting like they have a monopoly on grief um, yeah. you know they're both like my my stuff is worse than your stuff and the reality is they both have a pretty pretty valid reason for being self-centered and very upset although Bartos does uh, completely reconfirm his dickhead status with the popped <laughs> collar in this scene uh, <laughs> so I'm on I'm on team Marta on this one yeah um, very, teena- s-
1: very teenager though not to empathize with the other person
0: yeah definitely and um, I I do I feel th- probably I feel for both of them to be honest, jokes aside, but I do feel particularly for Marta in this episode because the, the, the episode makes a point of showing how completely alone she is. Um, you know, she just at least at least Magnus yeah. has Francisca, even if there's some problems there, and and uh, Bartos has has Alexander and Regina albeit, you know, Regina's very unwell, mm-hmm. whereas Marta I feel like just has nothing.
1: Yeah. And because of what happened between her and Jonas and and her and Bartos and stuff before Jonas went missing, you know, she didn't have, yeah, she didn't have even a stable boyfriend there. Like, you know, like Bartos, I suppose, was still technically her boyfriend. Like this is the breakup here, I I suppose. But, uh, but obviously he's got his own stuff going on. He's sort of Noah's little man now. He's uh, his mom's dying of cancer. So he does have a lot of stuff going. He's got a lot lot of stuff on his plate. Um, At the same time. He needs, yeah, he needs to be more empathetic to Marta here. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, again, we then get uh, Alexander um, giving a speech to the to the people who work at his power plant, the, the staff. That's them. Uh, yeah. And he's, he's sort of he's telling them that they're going to be closing the power plant. Um, did this scene feel reminiscent of anything else in the show to you?
0: Um, well, I mean, it, it's it seems to mirror the opening of the power plant with uh, with Burnt sort of trying to cover up all the bodies being found. <laughs> and less uh, comedy in this one, yeah. Yeah, a little bit less comedy. Uh, uh, although you know him, him being like. On the 27th of June, the plant's being decommissioned uh, paired with the six days to the apocalypse uh, mm-hmm. ticking clock makes me think this might have something to do with that, um, <laughs> particularly given they plan to bury barrels of radioactive material under the plant, <laughs> uh, which seems like it'll be fine.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I picked up on that mirroring as well of the opening of the yeah. plant. That, that very much sort of mirrors the, uh, uh, it, it mirrors the symbolism of the time machine to me, You know, the beginning and the end of the life.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's it's really hard for me to get into that thematically without spoiling my theories. But I will say that there are several characters and several storylines throughout this episode where this idea of the beginning and end being the same and and matching each other are, are so brilliantly realised. And I I was it took me two watches of this episode to really kind of fully arrive at the theories that that I ended up with. But as you say, this is it's not just in the big kind of character theories that i have it's also in just these little moments where you know the beginning and the end of the power plant is very similar um Mm. and and it's 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 so smartly done um and and it's it's not overdone as well which is which is a really a really important thing you know they still have moments where they can kind of break away from it and just have the character drama exist on its own terms without really having to serve uh serve the plot
1: yeah exactly and what, what did you think this is our first we sort of get our first glimpse at these hazmat suits, um, which will become, in a way, an iconic <laughs> vision of the show. Uh, you know, anytime you have a, like a costume piece like this, uh, what did you think of these?
0: Yeah, they're very cool. Very cool. They, they kind of, um, I, I, I don't know what they reminded me of, really. Like they they there was they felt reminiscent of something. Obviously, you know, hazmat suits kind of look like hazmat suits, I guess. But um, Back to the future. Darth yeah that's probably what i was th- yeah that will be what i was thinking of i'm almost certain of it now you've mentioned it it'll be a yeah the the darth vader scene in back to the future um i'm glad to see they make a comeback because yeah just keeping that those 80s vibes going
1: yeah, yeah awesome uh then we get the scene uh which you said a bit with stranger uh who i still call stranger even to this day when i yeah, even when i'm not talking stranger, that's fine yeah um so with stranger Jonas, and uh so instead of saying like old Jonas, i say stranger Jonas. just so that went through you. Um, so, Stranger, Jonas and Hannah—they—they—they um, uh, they, they meet. But before that happens, Hannah takes out that—that uh, that what we believe was a, is a Chekhov's gun, yeah. Um, uh, which is, you know, it, it is a Chekhov's gun. Whether they whether that comes to fruition or not, I think at this stage in in the show, you could definitely call it that. Um, and Hannah looks like she was about to commit suicide.
0: Yeah, she definitely looked like she was serious. Definitely looked like she was
1: serious. Um, and then. Ding dong, saved by the bell. Yeah, convenient
0: timing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, almost, as wanna... it, almost as if he knew it was like, going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, How would he, though? How would he? Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I, I, I just I feel like he must have done.
1: Yeah, yeah, Who knows? But uh, I think, um, I just want to say something about Hannah going to kill us off there. I think that because Hannah seems to be, you know, she, 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 hasn't, she hasn't been the most honest person in the show so far, and she's been yeah. very, very much out for herself. I think that it's worth bearing in mind this moment. Uh, I think this is a very important moment for this character because no matter what's coming in the past or perhaps what might come in the future, this moment shows that she is, in my opinion, a human being with proper emotions and she isn't just, you know, just trying to hurt Ulrich and all the like, you know, that whole that stuff. She is Mm. genuinely, uh, at this point, a broken woman. Uh,
0: So do you mean specifically her... Planning to kill herself, or the the later stuff with with Stranger Jonas as well. No,
1: well, obviously, obviously, then the, 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 her relationship then with uh, with Jonas as well goes into that. But I mean, just the fact that she was going to kill herself. I think, I think it, the way that Hannah is portrayed um in the fandom, especially considering stuff that she did the first season in terms of lying about certain things and stuff. Yeah. um I think, I think that she's portrayed as this like narcissist, uh you know, who goes out, you know. I just feel that, like the fact she's going to kill herself over this, I just think that that sort of puts a hole in some of the uh, heartless bitch theories, you know?
0: Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, she has nothing. Like she has absolutely nothing at this point, and that I, I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's has she behaved sadistically at times? Yes, she has. You know, she's tried to hurt people. She has definitely lied, but ultimately, th- this is a woman who has lost her husband whatever was wrong with that relationship beforehand, it's still a relationship she no longer has. She's lost her son. She's lost her lover. What what does she have anymore? And, you know, it's totally believable that she would be considering killing herself. And as you say, I think it's important to humanise the character, both in showing how she's feeling before Stranger Jonas turns up and after it as well. I I think this is really, to this point, the only moment of emotional warmth i think i've seen from her mm-hmm. um and also for stranger Jonas as well um and and just i, I don't know what it was about this scene obviously it's re- really great acting but it was a really touching scene between them and and the 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 mama line from from stranger Jonas yeah. really got me like it's really really touching
1: yeah this actor is unbelievable and i yeah. i think i think you know I, I love this actor so much because we find out at the end of uh or the middle of the last episode of season one, that he is Jonas, like we get confirmation. And I feel like from that point when we find out his performance has changed 100% to, to be Jonas. Like he is playing the same character as young Jonas. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree.
1: Yeah, and it's it's when he's sitting in the tunnel and he sees his sees his dad with the oil like covered in the oil or the cesium one three seven or whatever it is. From that moment on, in my eyes, it's the same character. I believe that that young Eunice grew into this man. You
0: know. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a really good point that he is. Whereas before he's played quite cryptically, obviously Mm -hmm. because you don't know who he is. Once he can kind of cut loose, you can absolutely see that he's carrying the exact same pain that. Uh, young Jonas is carrying with him only with, I don't know how much older he is. I assume maybe let's say thirty-three years, but yeah. it seems like it's probably about that. Um, he, it, you know, with, with thirty years of additional life experiences behind it, but it hasn't. It's maybe dulled them slightly, but it hasn't made those made those marks on his character go away. They're still there with him.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, let's let's just uh, like really just like think think about this for a minute. According to Hannah. Does she think that she caused Ulrich to disappear by asking Alexander to do it? Make his well, like, ruin his life? Does, do you think that Hannah thinks that Alexander actually just got him off?
0: That's a good question. I mean, what, how, does, how does the timeline line up? So he'd already kind of, I mean, we, we she didn't said know bro- got She said, missing. ruin
1: his life or you know, make his life of living hell or whatever. And then yeah. she never saw him again. Because he, I think that, that day is when he went. Yeah.
0: So maybe she does. Uh, I mean, I think if you were thinking of, about it in the sort of clear light of day, you'd probably expect Alexander to come back and be like, oh, yeah, I, I had that guy killed. But we know that Hannah is a creature of kind of instincts and, and you know, acts on emotion rather than necessarily uh you know thinking things through so it's totally believable that she'd be like oh well well, Ulrich has gone missing it must have something to do with what I asked Alexander to do to him
1: yeah so she might blame herself for it as well yeah um okay cool um we then get these scenes you were alluding to earlier where uh Magnus is sort of following uh Franziska and he sees her leaving some uh paper well probably an envelope or something in it in a little box We then uh, later see, uh, we'll sort of connect these two scenes together. We later see then uh, Benny, the prostitute, coming and picking it up. And then Benny takes it back to the caravan. And uh, Magnus goes in the caravan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> little, little moment of comedy for Magnus here.
1: Little moment. I, lo- I love the idea of Benny uh, saying, you know, it's on my break and then turns around and sees Magnus, you know, this this young strapping lad. And yeah, like, it's like, well, for you, I'll
0: make an exception. I'll make man. an exception
1: for you, young man. And then he just, then he just like runs out. Um, but yeah, so uh, what do you think about this sort of the, the development? This is a sort of a very slow burning subplot, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so... I mean, first of all, bloody Noah ruining the sweet moment between Hannah yeah. and Jonas with the voiceover saying everything's predetermined, there is no coincidence. Yeah, But I think I'm really interested to see how the Francisca Magnus subplot plays into the wider, the wider uh, kind of overarching plot, because it can't be coincidence that Noah is being used for voiceover of these two characters. Yet, where they stand at the moment, they're really not involved in the plot in the slightest. I suppose this is maybe the beginnings of that because we find out by the end of this episode that Benny has some kind of tangential involvement with the cesium I keep forgetting the number after its it 137 that's it yeah yeah season 137 Um, but I'm fascinated to see what uh, they are giving to Benny it looked like what Benny was giving back was an envelope full of money to me Mm -hmm. um, which given we see Vola giving her an envelope full of money later in the episode yeah makes me think that Vola is perhaps aware that that's being passed on to Francisca and Magnus i'm not really sure what's going on with this though
1: um yeah and I, and also did you pick up the relationship between Vola and Benny
0: yeah so so they seem they seem like their siblings which is it, it was it was quite sweet i thought yeah exactly Vola i like didn't, act- didn't know how to react at all but wanted to have some kind of emotional attachment
1: yeah, I, I really like the um. I really, I really like how even the small characters sort of get their little, their little, their little pockets of the, the society. Um, I yeah. think um. Also, uh, if any listeners eagle eagle listeners picked it up, <laughs> just to quote Conrad the other day, just to just to uh, picked it up last season. I don't know if you picked this up, Conrad. No one commented about this. I called Benny Benny Vola one time last season. Oh, did you?
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: did not notice that. Yeah, I said Benny Vola. Given
0: the whole game
1: away. I know, you know, you basically know the whole of Dark now.
0: I know, you've like, yeah, like you've, you've just blown the whole thing wide open.
1: Yeah, I, as soon as I said it, I was like, here come the
0: comments. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I get, I, I'm not going to say this actually, or I am going to say it, but I'm not going to, I'm going to preface it by saying, I'm, I don't mean this super seriously, but as it stands at the moment, Benny doesn't seem like they're going to be that major a character, but I don't know, like Dark has a way of, subverting those those expectations and suddenly turning minor characters into major ones so we'll see what happens with that
1: yeah exactly and and also no matter no matter what happens in terms of the francisco and magnus plot i like that there still is some interesting stuff i like going on in that plot like he didn't trust her in the first season i like how they didn't just say okay these two characters have just joined at the hip we'll we'll write them as one from now on i like yeah, there still yeah. there still is some dynamic going on between them yeah um, okay so now we get one of the most interesting scenes well i say that this this episode is a banger of a first episode for a season. yeah it right? really is there, there's like so many good scenes like great be, scene after great scene in this let's episode be, let's be honest i keep i keep uh looking at like the the notes that i've got here and the next thing i'm just like oh my god i can't wait to talk about that <laughs> so um basically one of the scenes that stands out for the whole season for me is just the re- the reveal that Young Noah and and old Noah are actually working together in a way, like in a, as a yeah. mentor mentee relationship. That really caught me off guard, to be honest. With you.
0: and and the fact that they seem to be honest about it, you know. Yeah. Um, we get another ikbindu in uh, in yeah. in this scene, a, a slightly less um, fist pumping one, perhaps than than, yeah, yeah. The, than the Jonas one. But um, I think the, the the thing that stuck out to me about this scene was I I suggested at the end of last season it might have been in the roundup episode that i suspected that noah may that we're going to meet who's the the person who's pulling noah's strings in this season and that noah may start to pull away from them and form his own plans yeah and the uh when when young noah sort of questions how you know what's good and evil and old noah responds by saying by not following anyone but ourselves Mm -hmm. to me that implies that he's already starting to think of kind of pulling away from adam's plan um but we'll see we'll see where that goes
1: yeah that's interesting um when you said that uh to pull away to see who's sort of really in charge in my head i was like oh my god he's only gone and done it (laughs) (laughs) change that theory matrix score to a minus three (laughs)
0: he's 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 such a good character that the way it's it's kind of what i meant when i said that dark is a really interesting series because it takes kind of traditional narrative structures and ideas you know you you introduce a really strong bad guy then you introduce their boss and then you so sort of descent between them and that's an interesting like dynamic that you can have but it's he's so well written that it, it doesn't matter that that's like quite quite a typical kind of plot dynamic because I, I can't wait to see what happens with him like he's just Noah's really cool as a as a bad guy because he absolutely believes what he's doing and uh, yeah i can't wait to see what happens between him and adam
1: yeah, and in the words of Quentin Tarantino, you've got to know the rules to break the rules.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with following the rules either. You know, exactly. they're, they're rules for a reason.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, because they are satisfying. Um, okay, cool. What did you think about the casting of Young Noah?
0: It, w- it was really good. Uh, there, again, I don't want to spoil anything. There is some really good casting of characters uh, and, and and actors in this uh, in this episode. Young Noah is a very good one. There's... Uh, one other one, which I'll talk about at the end, that I was like, "Oh wow, that is great."
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, was was that casting? Was that casting? As soon as you saw an actor, did you think of a character in particular?
0: Um, to you- be honest, no. Actually, like it was. Uh, so, what the 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 moment I saw Young Noah, I was like, "That's Young Noah." Um, oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, but but the one the one that I when I on the second watch. I I sort of started forming ideas about um, that was that was the one that I was like, that is actually amazing, but for some reason I didn't clock it the first time. But yeah, I I don't know what it was about Young Noah, actually. I think it's it was maybe just the eyes. I
1: think that I think I've actually watched them talking about how they cast before and they they they've pinpointed certain facial features that if you have like the same eyes and the same mouth, it doesn't matter about the nose or if you have like the same nose and then the same like ratio of something, you know, they've pinpointed a couple of things that they can look at. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's just so cool. So there's actually a picture on the internet you can see of young Noah and old Noah split down the middle and next to each other. And it is, it's it's spooky uh, to be honest.
0: I was I was really pissed off to be honest in that first scene because literally as soon as he came on screen I was like that's Young Noah and, and then <laughs> and then it's revealed in that scene and it was one of those things where like well no one's gonna believe me when I say I called that before they said it
1: <laughs> it's
0: in the same damn scene but yeah it's it's it is really good casting for, yeah. for Young Noah as well
1: yeah awesome uh, okay so then we finally get sort of a bit of meat on the bone in terms of the um the future uh, timeline
0: so <sighs> this this opening shot. Jesus Christ, the opening shot of this scene is horrible with the like cocoons in the in the forest and the bodies hanging from the trees. Like what a shot that is. But Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. It's really sowing fear in this world. Like I yeah. wouldn't want I wouldn't want to live in this world. Yeah, it
0: doesn't look great. Does not look great.
1: Doesn't look great. So we get um, some fellas who are getting strung up. Uh, a couple
0: of French lads in tron suits.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, they, they, the, the suits actually kind of remind me, like, of you know, astronaut cooling suits.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, they they definitely seem like vaguely futuristic and like kind of environmental protection kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, like they're definitely doing something. But um, uh, so yeah, they're getting strung up uh, because I think it's it's uh, what I gauged from it was that they were trying to get in to the dead zone. Um, yeah, and and these this group of people who were chanting Sigmundus Creatus Est seem to be in a way policing that area um, yeah they seem
0: like almost like religious about it like it's some kind of sort of doomsday cult um in a way
1: yeah exactly um so then it, it sort of the scene the scene ends with Jonas uh, approaching the two women and uh talking about uh you know wanting to know what's behind the wall and that's sort of the end of the scene so I'll let you go on this scene
0: so first thoughts Man, Ellie has become a real badass in the future. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how a deaf-mute soldier with one eye works, but she seems to be doing fine, so I'm not going to question it. Um, but, uh, yeah, when I when I saw that character, I was like, that can't be Ellie. And then, and, then, <laughs> and then, obviously, there's a cut at the end of the episode, at uh, the end of the, uh, the scene. Yeah. It was like, how the hell does Ellie get from where she is now to that? <laughs> um but yeah, uh, I'm really interested to see more of Ellie now. I can see kind of why she's... Well, I, I'm starting to see why she's uh, one of your favourite characters. A yeah. um, couple of interesting things from that scene, though. So the, the sort of there is that kind of religious doomsday cult talk to this between um, mm-hmm. Ellie and the unnamed brunette girl with the sort of the Faithless are dead and the passage will open and Paradise mentioned again. My suspicion is that... And uh, this one is on the Theory Matrix, but I'll mention it now... Um, mm-hmm that ellie doesn't actually buy into sort of the religious side of this and is just using it to kind of surround herself uh, herself with an army of guns um and maybe they're trying to stop people from messing with the god particle or something along those lines um okay because she seems incredibly competent um but yeah it was great to see her
1: yeah exactly and uh sort of as well like in terms of like it's a big mystery as to how like the, the Sycamundus Creatus asked she did mention uh, something about a passage will open to paradise yeah um so they're sort of counting down in the same way um so it sort of so i think i think they even said in 6 days it will open to paradise yeah. Yeah, so yeah, like every every timeline is is viewing the 6 days in a way um if and they're, they're viewing it for different reasons like the 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 apocalypse paradise opening uh, start of the, the, the new cycle, the power plant closing, like it's all leading to this one thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, young martyr's doing well there on this scene as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, young martyr and, and old Ellie holding down the fort in, uh, in the future.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, next scene, we get confirmation of a theory that you forgot to put on your theory matrix. And yes. that is that uh, HG Townhouse is Charlotte's grandfather.
0: Yeah, that is true. Although, to be honest, I was too busy being furious that we saw Peter Doppler in this scene. to, uh, <laughs> to, to be, I, I went from being like, oh my God, that's Ellie, to shouting at Peter Doppler that I was frustrated that he had, didn't travel through time. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've, I've added that to the the Matrix now. So it'll actually put me on minus three uh, for it, this. It uh, should
1: have been minus. Oh, actually, no, so that still counts as a season two confirmation, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm minus three now.
1: Okay. That's cool. Um, creeping towards zero. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're creeping there. <laughs> um, so in the scene in the little, um, the little shop, it's only just like they, they reveal the, the parentage or the grandfather of uh, Charlotte is Patriot but then it cuts to Clausen and Charlotte in, in the police, police station. And they're, um, they're talking about the case in a way and Clausen seems to be honing in on Ulrich straight away. Um, he, yeah. he already knows about the voicemail somehow. Um,
0: yeah so I mean I, it's again it's that kind of um, that sense with his character that he knows more than he's letting on
1: mm-hmm. is
0: really really entertaining and I think it's it's pretty obvious to me from this scene that he, he actually i think he starts this scene by asking charlotte about her grandfather um yeah. you know yeah. just kind of like idle chatter and then she and then he immediately tries to catch her off guard by asking her about Ulrich and the voicemail by doing like a left turn into a random yeah. a random conversation so he clearly doesn't trust her um He's interrogating his own his own staff. yeah basically. exactly um and um yeah he doesn't seem to trust uh vola either uh based on his reaction when he brings the interview notes, which is, you know, justified given what we know about Vola.
1: He's probably right. Yeah.
0: He's probably right not to trust Vola, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the very least, Vola seems incompetent and at best, uh, you know, at worst he's actually corrupt. So yeah. it's all in that shifty eye, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so Clausen uh, also adds in the little detail that he doesn't drive what do you think about that yeah
0: well, that is not true <laughs> what kind of police officer doesn't drive like that's an absolute lie yeah it's, it's a way of getting closer to the people I think yeah he just wants he wants to spend some more time with uh, with Charlotte you know he even says you keep on asking people the same questions and look for little differences in their stories each time they, they, they give them to you mm-hmm. um, and he you know I think it's pretty obvious that he's doing that to Charlotte right now. Um yeah. so I'll be interested to see how that develops.
1: Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh we then get uh the great Michael Houdini and uh Yeah he uh did you notice this time that it is a very young looking actor? Um I, on the poster i mentioned before that uh, i like the attention to detail that the poster is of a young like even two or three years before they would have shot this anyway it doesn't matter oh
0: uh, i didn't know to, uh, yeah i didn't actually think to look for that but but yeah i totally believe that they would you know have got a younger photo of their of their actor for the, for the sake of making it look believable
1: yeah it's cool so marta goes in she discovers what her mother has been up to this whole time and yep. and uh has actually been uh sort of doing the same research that Auric was doing. So she's sort of following up on his research and she's sort of figuring out that there's something to do with the caves here as well. Um, and yeah, so she's just... Uh, Mart- now, do you think Marta's going going to go in the same way now as her mother and father?
0: Uh, it's hard to say with Marta because she's so alone. She has nothing keeping her here anymore. Mm-hmm. Which does make me wonder whether she might... I- 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 I feel you know her mother's well her father's effectively dead unless something crazy happens. Her mother has basically abandoned her yeah i just i i think I think she might be off um off off into the caves herself, mm-hmm. and as we found with the caves, when people travel through time through the caves unless they know what they're doing, they don't tend to come back so uh yeah, that could be. A real, a real sort of tipping point for Marta's story.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like because if you don't know how to navigate the caves and you just sort of happen upon the path, the, the, the the tunnel by chance, you're not going to find it again. And we yeah. we know Mickle tried to find it; he couldn't find it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So if she does manage to get in there, geez, she's gone. Um, right. Okay. So next, I'm sure you were loving this scene. Um, <laughs> it is the introduction. Of Adam. Now, did, did you think you were gonna get, gonna get this character this early?
0: No, I did not. Um, I I thought they, they would be a, a kind of, you know, a hidden hand guiding things from, from the shadows. But mm-hmm. yeah, the the um, the opening dialogue from this scene where it's talking about like the futility of existence and how people would crack if they found out that like sense of superiority that we're the ones who can handle the responsibility for doing this and we can't share it with the rest of the people because they simply wouldn't be able to manage the responsibility Mm -hmm. is really really good bad guy talk um and yeah there is some there is some stuff that is said in this scene that got my mind racing the well both the first and the second time i watched this episode
1: awesome um he he, uh, adam also mentions here that there's six days left until the final cycle beginning so we already saw that the final cycle was in noah's book um there's there's the first mention of the missing pages so you must find the missing pages
0: where where do you think these missing pages might be Oh, Claudia's definitely got those. <laughs> Claudia's up to no good, I know. I, if I know Claudia, she's uh, <laughs> like she's squirrelled them away somewhere. But I, I love that as like the kind of you know we we come back to this at the end of the episode when we see Noah packing up his bag and heading off to do some more time traveling, presumably to try and find the pages. Um, I, and yeah, as a as a kind of a, a concept to sort of motor the plot forwards. Like here you go, this is what Noah's off to do. Who has the pages? What are they doing with them? I reckon it's Claudia, and I want to, I want to see Claudia and Noah go head to head. Um, and yeah, just to give a a brief little nod to what um, to what Adam says in this scene when um, when Noah is talking about Bartos, and he says he has always been naive by nature, which implies that he has known Bartos for quite a long time.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. We'll, well, remember Noah Noah did bring Bartos in. Yeah. Into into the fray, so um, so it's because because we're dealing with time, you know, Bartos could be an old man by this point, so he could be. Um, okay, cool. So, yeah, so that's that. It's interesting that in this series, or in the first series, uh we didn't really get a plot until like episode eight.
0: Yeah. This have got it, like three different plot lines going at, the, at like already.
1: Yeah. It's already like missing pages, apocalypse, you know, it's, it's so yeah, much like stuff
0: Magnus about. and Francisca, you know, doing something with Benny and, and Voller. It's, it's there's, there's, there's a lot of plots going on already.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's, uh, it's great. Um, okay. So next scene is, uh, we get another scene with um, Jonas and, uh, well, stranger Jonas and Hannah. And uh, Jonas is explaining to her, um, sort of how it's possible, sort of in a way that I am, I am your son. Whether you believe yeah. it, you know, even though this time has passed, even though you know, if deterministic stuff didn't exist, we could bring hit the, the other one back. The other one is me, you know. Yeah. And and Hannah sort of, it, it was so funny, quite funny to me, to be honest with you, because he's sitting there explaining it all, and she seems seems to be taking it in. And then at the end of it all, she just goes, where's my Eunice, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that made me laugh because I'm a maths teacher and I'm just sitting there like, you know, okay, so this fraction, this, this, you know, and the, other, the people's like, yep, yep, yep. And then at <laughs> the end, they, they just go, so two? And it's like, yeah. no!
0: <laughs> You're not getting it, Hannah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there, there's, um. so that really there's there were two big things that I took out of this. Well, actually, no, there, there's some lines that, that Stranger Jonas says that stood out to me. So the, I exist infinitely. I'm in every second between my birth and my death. Mm-hmm. Um, but but mm-hmm. intimating that it's kind of like he's a different person at each point in that, which is fascinating. And we'll, we will come back to that later. Um, but um, yeah, the, so I actually, I, I forgot to mention this earlier, but I thought... The end of season one talking about how i thought opening the um the portal under vinden would kind of cause the the catastrophe i expected straight uh, uh a um stranger Jonas to have died as a result of that i didn't expect oh, to see really? him again so um obviously it was a surprise to see him in this episode and then to get this confirmation here that opening it damaged the physical passage by the sound of things which actually makes it harder for the people in the future to fix the past by the sounds of things because they're talking about the passage reopening yeah. and mm-hmm. all that stuff um was nice to kind of clarify that um but uh, yeah so so that was really interesting to see and uh, i was i'm not really sure whether it was something that i'm supposed to recognize but Jonas uh definitely turned to look at something on the floor at the end of this scene and i mm-hmm. don't really know what it was he was looking at
1: yeah, well, it's, it's, it's not really sure. You, you, you can't tell, really. It, he's, he looks around. Is he looking at the floor? Is he looking at the wall? I don't know. But he's, yeah. uh, he's looking at something, and we'll see if that becomes important uh, later on. Um, in, t- in terms of jonas the uh, Stranger Jonas's, uh sort of storyline so far in this series, how do you feel, like, in terms of, like, I, I think this is, obviously, you said you thought he was going to be dead. So you you probably never even conceived of the idea that he would have this reunion with his mother. Um,
0: so how do you feel that he
1: actually you actually got to see this?
0: I, I think it's great. This is one of the one of the highlights of the episode for me. Um it's it's really probably the the sort of emotional heart of this episode. Um we kind of return to this periodically to, to get these like really kind of warm fluffy character moments in between the the more sort of stodgy uh, plot stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah i was really pleased to see him still alive because I, I think there was more to come from him as a character and in retrospect it wouldn't have really made sense for him to die because we'd only just got confirmation that he was even Jonas. so there was loads of stuff that we we um we can see see him do um, yeah, it would have, and, it would um, have yeah. been
1: terrible f- for us to know that our that the young yonas we've been following from the start you know no matter what he does he dies at the end of the first season do you know what i mean that would have been hard to to get our head around if you know what i mean it
0: would it would have yeah it would have um it would have kind of laced the whole thing with a sense of well just doomed inevitability i guess which uh maybe there will be some of that but um but it's nice not to have it confirmed super early so we can remain optimistic
1: (laughs) yeah exactly okay so uh we're get uh the not time traveling peter and um yeah
0: son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs>
1: and and ellie um
0: what the, is uh, ellie reading here <laughs> like yeah it's like it's, it's actually a well i can't remember actually what it's called the book but well, she picks up one that's called the kybalion which is yeah. like hermetic philosophy which made hermetic me fist bump yeah. myself because i was like emerald tablet thank you very much <laughs> yeah. um but like she, seem, she seems to be, like, reading books on sort of, yeah, philosophy and black hole theory. Well, I think, well, I think that
1: uh, – okay, okay. I don't know if, I, what I imagined. I, I think nah, – should I say something? Yeah, I'll say I'll, say it. I'll say <laughs> it. I think that they're actually in H.G. Townhouse's clock shop. And Oh, and, yeah,
0: no, they are. They're, they're cleaning they're, out his, his shop, yeah. Yeah,
1: well, she's not really reading it then, is she?
0: Like, <laughs> she seemed like she was reading it to me. I'm just saying, my oh, Ellie you, and Yassin you mean, are you mean, evil masterminds.
1: You mean the picture book?
0: yeah oh yeah, yeah the one with yeah, like the yeah. i don't know what that is like de- depictions of the different worlds or whatever but uh my my alien Yasin or evil masterminds theory gained some credence with this because she looked like she was taking that all in yeah we, yeah
1: yeah we accidentally saw some uh, some some training going on there
0: yeah
1: <laughs> um yeah so uh then uh she opens up the hermetic textbook also did you notice that the uh the, the character at the very beginning who got killed by young noah had a had the emerald tablet on his chest
0: Yes, yes, I did. Um, which, um, yeah, it's the same tattoo that, that that Noah has on his back.
1: Oh, yes, it is. Which is um, interesting. Very interesting, yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, she opens up that book and she finds a picture. And in that picture, she's able to pick out Noah. Yes. What do you want to say?
0: Well, it looks like... There's a group of people from the 20s, which included Noah and also includes Adam, because he's at the front, Mm -hmm. um, that presumably HG Tanhouse knew or at least knew of, Mm -hmm. which I haven't really started to unpack my thoughts too much on that, but it must mean that HG Tanhouse Did he find out about them later after he'd started his own investigations into Black Hole stuff? I think... I think probably, I don't think he's directly involved with with Noah and, and Adam and, and the people working yeah. with Adam, mm-hmm. but the sort of, um, the, the the picture kind of showing a, a group of people who are involved in this does sort of broaden the scope of the characters we can potentially meet who are working for Adam. I mean, obviously we see that female character um, come and, I think, yeah they come and get Adam and say they're ready for you or like they're re- they're ready to hear you speak or something um at the end of his scene with Noah yeah. um,
1: which implies they, a group of some sort, doesn't
0: it yeah so i'm I'm interested to see you know what this group is is doing, like what they're called or you know what's actually going on with them but uh yeah that i haven't I haven't thought too much about the relationship that this implies with HG Tanhouse yet or or even if there is okay. a relationship okay cool
1: um so the next scene we get is uh seems to be going around and packing up his stuff uh, because he he seems to have the plan he's going to go and try and get into the dead zone and see what's in there
0: yeah we see the necklace again here
1: yeah yeah he takes a moment actually sort of dwelling on the necklace doesn't he
0: yeah
1: um and he pops it away in his pocket he doesn't want to forget that but um so he sort of is just packing up um in claudia's bunker uh, and I think the, uh, the, the playing of the cassette tape at the start sort of, it sort of confirms that is Claudius Bunker. Yeah. Um, okay. Then we get uh, a sort of a shot that mirrors Ulrich when he was going through the papers in season one uh, with Marta from up above, her going through all of the papers. Magnus comes in. They have a little chat about it still. I think we've said most of what we're going to say about her going through this stuff, but uh, is there anything else you want to add?
0: Uh, just that uh, Magnus has got a really cool t-shirt that has like doom, doom, doom written on it, which I was a really big fan of. Um, but yeah, Marta, once again, reiterating that she doesn't like secrets, which is um, ironic, given the family she's in and uh, and who she will become, or who I suspect she will become
1: yes exactly yeah yeah Uh, joining us late Conrad's theory is that she is Agnes I think the Agnes theory is a lot more serious than the Scarface yeah the
0: the Agnes one I actually do believe the Scarface girl one is just like oh uh, there was a basically when I first saw that girl there was a brief thought in my head like oh maybe that's Marta which obviously doesn't make any sense because the age doesn't work she's <laughs> looks completely different it's it's a ridiculous theory but because my brain thought it i have to commit it to the theory matrix but um yeah, yeah yeah the agnes agnes nielsen one i would not be too surprised if that happened although there are valid questions about you know them having the same surname if she's trying to hide
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh okay cool um we then get sort of what seems to be bartos's eventual, proper, okay,
0: I'm going to join Noah now. Yeah, uh, this is so. him crossing the Rubicon here. Like, he he mm-hmm. he seems scared. He seems a little bit reluctant, to be honest, like, through the way he is in this episode. We didn't really mention it, but there's a moment after his scene with Marta where he gets a text from a quote-unquote unknown number, but given the the stinger <laughs> that plays when he reads it, we know exactly <laughs> who it's from. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, the the way the actor kind of plays it on his face you can see the fear and the uncertainty in in his performance but as you say i think there's no turning back for Bartosz now
1: yeah he's he's going down going down the route uh okay so um we'll skip over the torben and benny scene cuz we sort of chatted about that um yep. so now peter and charlotte in a surprising twist uh have almost they've, they've decorated the bunker like you know Pepe Sylvia style yeah and they're, they're now trying to figure out this whole time travel thing together um Charlotte comes down and Peter's there and Peter shows the photo of Noah and uh it says in the back uh it was taken on the 8th of January uh 1921 which yep. is that close to the date that we saw at the very very beginning <laughs>
0: Um, I don't think so. Let me just check. No, t- the beginning was the twenty first of June, nineteen twenty one. So it's like so, the beginning of that year, basically.
1: Oh, okay. So that's actually yeah. So that's like six months like six later. Months, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, five months later, whatever it is. Yep. Okay. Cool. So, uh, and it also says in the back, Sicmundus creatus est as well. Yeah, they love I,
0: writing that over, all over the place.
1: Yeah, and I yeah exactly. And I will say before I let you go on this little uh, bunker scene, is that uh, whenever um, Charlotte reads it and she's like. Sigmundus Creatus est? Yeah, she really uh, that, lands really that, into it. Yeah, that performance, like that that line read of that is what plays in my head every time I see Sigmundus Creatus Est. Oh really? Yeah,
0: it is it is a really good voicing of that line, I have to say. Um I um <laughs> I this scene is as much as I was annoyed that Peter Doppler was still around, it's kind of re- it's really funny and also quite sweet that these two, whose marriage was, let's say, struggling in yeah. the last in the last season, they had some problems, and it's kind of been saved by this joint investigation they're making into mm-hmm. a body turning up. Um, and- <laughs> yeah some time travel crimes which is you know whatever works to save your marriage you know it's a lot it's a long old it's a long old haul marriage you've got to just find the things that work for you as you as you you go through life yeah peter is a
1: therapist so he probably prescribed this i think yeah
0: exactly so you know just (laughs) solve some crimes together you know maybe go on a trip (laughs) to the 80s and and it'll bring you closer together but yeah i just love the idea of these two like beavering away in this bunker night after night trying to figure out what's going on with noah
1: (laughs) You know, some couples play chess, some couples watch TV together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These two are in a bunker. Just like, you know. Yeah, like,
0: yeah drawing pictures of Noah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, Okay, so uh we go then into the next part. It's, we sort of get a mini montage. Yeah. Um The montage that you saw in season one will come back. This one, they sort of, there was so much meat in this episode that they didn't, they, they had only had a couple of things sort of to sew up in terms of the, the, um yeah sort of letting us dwell on them but there was a few things in the montage there was uh magnus six missed calls uh to francisca trying to get in contact with her she's sitting yeah. there with ellie on the uh on on the couch obviously the parents aren't at home so she they're sort of alone while their parents are uh, trying to figure out this whole thing hannah's with a stranger in jonas's bedroom and uh, she sort of notices the scars on her back, on his back, and there's a very touching moment where you can real see real concern in the actress's performance for her son. Yeah. Um, really sort of just reflecting on what his her son's been through. Uh, we also get um, the barrels getting filled up with uh, cement. They're getting sort yep. of.
0: They're burying them in the pool. Burying them in the pool, in, in like the
1: pool yeah. Um, and then uh, we get Noah coming out of the church as well, young yep.
0: Noah. Yeah, so uh, I, I liked um, Ellie has ter- like traded in her fox hat for a like fox. I guess it's just a stuffed fox at this point, but I appreciate the consistency in her attachment to foxes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I might be wrong on this, but I vaguely remember talking about the Hannah and, Yo- and Stranger Jonas um, scene. I vaguely remember a scene in season one after one of jonas's trips into the 80s where he comes back and sits on the edge of her bed and i think reaches yep. out to touch her in the same way um oh, maybe maybe i'm misremembering that but yeah, but to me true. yeah so it, it was just like kind of a really touching mirror of that scene to me um which yeah again that this is this relationship is kind of the emotional heart of this episode and it's really sweet and it's really nice to see hannah get a moment to i don't want to say redeem her character because this isn't really redeeming it it's just kind of fleshing her out and showing her to be more than just the bad things that she's done you know there is a there is a human in here there is a mother in here um and yeah as you say burying the radioactive stuff in the concrete that seems like it might be a bad idea (laughs) based on how this episode ends
1: yeah um so just just to touch on the hannah thing um so far in, this, in, the, in the series, no matter how fractious hannah 's relationships have been with any, everyone else there 's never been a moment ever that she has been anything but you know constant to, to jonas there, there has, she hasn't she hasn 't actually ever they 've never had a family spat when, when, whenever whenever she is talking to Jonas like I remember like in the first season when they were sitting on the bench together um, it's all it always is quite it, it's, it's very sort of you know, nice and the, the relationship is very good. Uh Jonas seems to be her rock, you know?
0: Yeah. I think the the closest their relationship ever gets to a negative is when she encourages him to skip school to hang out with her. <laughs> yeah. Which is that's pretty good going if that's if that's the worst your relationship has ever gotten with your son. <laughs>
1: yeah and even at that like sort of that that's that's alluding to a good relationship, yeah yeah she, yeah. Wants they, to she just him. wants to
0: spend time with him because she knows he might need you know some comforting,
1: yeah it's just bad influence, i suppose um yeah. okay, so the next thing is uh or the last thing actually yeah is Jonas gets into the dead zone and we see uh what can we probably i am sh- sh- sure is what uh Claudia was referring to on the tapes as the god particle yeah um and it's go on mental what do you think
0: uh this scene is unbelievable so i'm just going to do like a sort of play-by-play of my thoughts in this scene so okay. obviously he's going through the woods first off so he hasn't actually uh gotten into the he does cross the wall in this scene but you see like the, the the sort of aircraft whatever they were are flying overhead and that definitely looks they still definitely look like something out of terminator to me like this kind of futuristic aircraft then he crosses into the um crosses into the power plant we see the cocoons all over the place again and they get this kind of like rising buzzing synthy sound in the score when they're on screen which is awesome and it's just so brilliantly shot and so brilliantly presented it's it's so tense and ominous um there's this amazing use of negative space when he's inside the plant with just blackness everywhere and that that kind of lasting shot um when Jonas looks at the uh, hazmat suits and then looks into the gap in the door that's just pitch black, uh, Mm -hmm. which is the the room that the the God Particle is in. And then the reveal of the God Particle itself is so unsettling. And it just immediately, the design of it and the sounds it makes and the way it moves, it just immediately seems really bad. Um, And then there is a, I don't actually know, when did this season come out? Or when did this episode, I guess, come out?
1: Uh, This episode came out uh, actually, I think it was released on the day of the apocalypse. Uh, no, no, actually, no, 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 it wouldn't have been. It was two thousand nineteen. It came out. It was June two thousand nineteen.
0: Okay, because there's an episode of the of the series uh, Chernobyl, which if you haven't seen that, everyone listening, you should um, go and watch it. Cause it's amazing. um There's an episode where they send some uh, divers. Into the basement of the plant because they need to go and um, basically release some water pressure um, to to stop um, the the um, water from like superheating and causing like a an explosion. And that episode ends with a cut to black and the sound of the uh, divers breathing really heavily and the, just the sound mm-hmm. of the Geiger counter and a pitch black uh, screen and that really reminded me of this i don't know which one came first maybe they didn't influence each other at all but that cut to black i'm pretty sure this just, came
1: first before
0: it might Marvel. yeah it might well have done yeah um but that yeah cut to black with just the really heavy breathing of Jonas, and we're just left to sit there and stew on what we've just seen is yeah. such a fantastic ending
1: yeah exactly um all right i'm sure we'll get into more of it in the roundup so let's move into there now
0: yep let's do it
1: Okay, so Conrad, you told me that you have a lot of theories coming out of this episode. I want to go through them as quick as we can, because we are pushing the the, the time. I'm sure we, in the question and answer as well, we'll also go into further information about your theories. But before we do that, let's uh, have a look at the IMDb rating, as always. Uh, this episode got an 8.9, which puts it actually high up in terms of last year's, uh, sorry, last seasons. But um, I think 9.2 was the highest from last season. So what do you think?
0: Uh, I would probably put this in the high nines, to be honest. It was yeah, such yeah. a good episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it's definitely if not uh, if not a full ten. Like at this stage, here, from here on out, there's probably an argument for every episode being a ten, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just yeah.
0: it's such a good reintroduction to the series. The reveals are fantastic. There's good character moments between you know Hannah and Stranger Jonas and Bartels and Marta. Future stuff is awesome. Like I just, I can't wait to see more of more of the future. So yeah, it's it. it a phenomenal episode
1: yeah okay cool all right so i think the listeners have all been waiting (laughs) patiently while you allude to things you're dancing around what are your theories coming out of this episode
0: so i'll start with the biggie which is actually two really so so on my first watch through after that scene with adam and noah where um, adam says Bartosz has always been I think he says has always been naive or, or something along those lines and it's obviously implied that he knows Bartosz quite well my suspicion was that Adam was Bartosz a, mm. fu- a future version of Bartosz or well an, an aged version of Bartosz um they're the same eye color and we know that Bartosz is being recruited into Adam's service um or well into Noah's service I guess via um but but with kind of Adam's blessing mm-hmm. but on my second watch through i i watched the first scene and i have never been more convinced that the man who young now kills at the beginning is bartos because they look so much alike that it would almost be ridiculous to me if that character isn't an older bartos um and also because this theme of the beginning and end matching would to me feel like it works quite well with this idea of like Noah an old Noah recruiting Bartos, and then a young Noah ultimately killing Bartos as one of his first acts or what seems like one of his first acts in Adam's service
1: um, yeah, that's really cool like it's a big it's a beginning for one and the end of one in one yeah, moment, exactly. and then the so, beginning for the other and the end of the other In it. that's cool yeah.
0: so I like I'm, I'm pretty much like nailed on on that I think I, I, I fully believe that so that then raised a the question to me well who is Adam and obviously there's the possibility that it's just another character it's not Mm -hmm. someone we haven't met but to be honest it's a bit sort of I guess a bit kind of meta to think this way but the fact that his face is kind of you know, scarred and obscured made me think that feels like they're maybe trying to conceal uh, a familiarity in this character's appearance so who could that possibly be Mm -hmm. Um, and we know that he has known Bartosz for a long time because of how he describes his character, uh, which means to me that it's likely that Adam is someone probably from Vindon who knew Bartos as a teen. And there's only one teen in Vindon that we've met who has brown eyes or who develops brown eyes as he gets older, and that's Jonas. Okay. So. There, there's a conversation, and this, this leads me into into this conversation that Jonas has with Hannah, where he says that he exists in all times, infinitely, but as different people, which to me seems to be heavily implying that Adam is also Jonas. <laughs> and potentially, I don't know, maybe at the end of his life when he's become, I don't know, maybe he's become bitter and, I don't know, twisted by his failures to fix things or always become warped by experiences that that strange Jonas is yet to have. Um, but again, you know, it ties back into this, There's almost like this lyrical quality to the narrative structure of this episode. And indeed this show, if this turns out to be correct, because we've got sort of Jonas at the beginning of his adventure, Jonas in the middle of his adventure, and then Jonas at the end and they're kind of guiding this episode and the plot in general to its conclusion. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's possible that Adam is just some random guy that we, that we haven't, you know, we haven't met before, but I w- i w I'm really interested to see, to see where that goes going forward.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So two great theories. I think they do count as two theories, wouldn't they? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I definitely wouldn't. I, I definitely wouldn't mark them down as one. They're way too verbose to be, <laughs> to be one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, that's definitely two theories. Uh, but yeah, great, great theories. I love that we've already got like, you know, this person is this theories in the, yeah. <laughs>
0: we've got um i've got four more these are much smaller ones so i'll probably just fire through these so people people just, that, just out of curiosity
1: then. i want to put a put a question out there when okay. going through the ideas of who adam was was there anyone else who was actually in your mind and i know like you're thinking about that he, he, like he, he's known bartos for a while i think we could agree that that was implied heavily um so well, who else could it be in the storyline like i've got someone in my mind but i don't want to say it because you know I've seen the show, but uh, there's someone in my mind who 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 could also fit.
0: So someone else who knows Bartos. Yeah. Well, I suppose I mean it let's, could.
1: Let's but, maybe say a, a character who we've already seen talking to himself once.
0: Yeah, I mean it could. It could also be Noah. It was the the eye color that that made me think it's not an older Noah.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: But the, I mean, it could easily be. It's not this. Uh, this is one of those things where. I've really jumped at the first thing they've thrown me with this character, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And it, you know, if it turns out to not You've done be... done that before, that, I have <laughs> done it before. It's, it's, it's bit me before this, this, this habit. But if it turned out to be Noah, I wouldn't be disappointed at all because that Noah to me feels almost like the kind of yin to Jonas's yang. Like kind of, they're, you know, they're the si- we're seeing a lot of the same uh kind of big story beats in terms of meeting their younger selves and guiding their younger selves through their sort of role and things um so it could it could easily be narrow as well i guess it it was mainly the eye color that 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 convinced me it wasn't going to be that um but it's but yeah it, 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 Magnus was the other one I thought about but I feel like Magnus would have to go through so much from where he is now as well as obviously his eye color changing mm-hmm. <laughs> in order to to end up where where Adam appears to be that I kind of discounted him yeah um, and
1: I think I think you're right to focus on eye color here as well whether it is, whether it is Jonas or not because if they put in that much effort into the prosthetics on the character why wouldn't they just put uh like color, uh, lenses in as well you know
0: yeah yeah i mean the, the, the you know the disfigurement might be a red herring but it just and i i felt a bit bad doing it because i was i did kind of have in my head this idea like okay they've deliberately obscured what that person looks like which to me suggests it's it's someone that we already know on top of obviously saying that they knew they know Bartles, or implying that they know Bartels in the script um but um but yeah, yeah. it certainly made yeah. for some for some fun theory crafting
1: yeah exactly and in a show like this it's it sort of it, it that that is what it's intended for i think if it was a different type of show and there was a there, there was a very clear like burns victim or something you know you shouldn't just be thinking oh who could they be you know sometimes yeah. people are yeah. are just burns victims yeah yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah i, I cannot I can understand why you're theorizing based on that in this yeah. um okay so what were your other four quick ones
0: Okay, so the quick ones are, number one, the apocalypse is going to include some kind of irradiated bug monsters and possibly a war to exterminate them. (laughs) They either came to our dimension via the god particle or were mutated by the radiation. So... Uh, I'm not that that, confident about that one to be honest that makes me think we're
1: going to get in this show even though I've seen it but we're going to get in this show that moment where they're like you go on
0: I'll hold them off yeah absolutely that's where Regina's going to have her sword fight (laughs) she's going to yeah she's going to like
1: she takes the blade out after all these years (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. She finally withdraws the blade from its scabbard, and you know she's all she's all full of um uh she's full of, you know she's uh, like amid chemo, so she's already really weakened. Otherwise, she would take them down no problem. Because I think like, it's
1: a- that the scene before that, she like very dramatically like decides you know enough's enough, and she shaves her head. You know? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can see it all now. I can't wait for this to be revealed. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so so that I, I'm not that convinced that that's going to happen. But the cocoons made me think it, so it's going in the theory matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, um, next one is uh, Ellie hasn't bought into the religious cult stuff and knows more than they're letting on about the god particles. So that's kind of already been discussed. Okay. Um, Claudia stealing the pages from the book, and mm-hmm. uh, the future torch has some use against whatever comes out of the cocoons. So. <laughs> double dipping on that theory uh so it could potentially cost me double points yeah
1: yeah yeah i love how you're doing that right okay cool so (laughs) there's some great great theories to start off i'm interested to see how they develop across the season but i would i think you know just to sum it up in general i think this is a absolute fantastic start to the season how would you rate obviously it's different starting a second season to a first season but how would you rate this episode in the context of starting a season compared to the first season, first episode of last season?
0: Oh, I think this is way better. I mean, the, the, the first episode of, of the um, first season is pretty, pretty slow paced, you know, stuff mm-hmm. happens in it definitely. But when you compare it to this, when we talked about previously looking back on where you started and then looking at where you are now and being like, how far have we come
1: mm-hmm.
0: that we're now at this? And that's kind of where, what it feels we're like already now. there.
1: Yeah. We're like where we, we've
0: got, you know, Adam with his disfigured face guiding Noah who's talking to his younger <laughs> yeah. self to yeah. travel through time to get pages to a book which tells people what they need to do in various different <laughs> timelines and is off doing God knows what and yeah Jonas is talking to himself in potentially three different periods in his life it's, <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore but it's yeah, it's amazing this was, this was so, I, I was so glad to be back and this was such a, a strong start to a season
1: unbelievable uh great okay so i just have to have a little bit of disappointing news for the for the world what the job is over <sighs> what the dob no. is over um it's just rubbish it's so bad that there's just nothing sticking out to me like I, honestly i i am guys I, I i care about your time too much so it's not over fully i'm still going to like it is when i'm preparing for the episode like in getting the pictures and all that sort of thing it, it is it's much easier for me to watch it in the dub because I can still hear what's happening in the episode while con- concentrating and doing other things. So I still will be watching the dub. So what the dub can come back if I notice something really great. But I just got to the point where, in this episode, where I was just like, maybe it's just because I wasn't on form for choosing a funny moment, but I just honestly didn't notice anything. Um, the whole thing is ridiculous. ridiculous anyway you know <laughs> and everything uh Noah's obviously in this episode there was a lot of that weird Noah voice again <laughs> so <laughs> like there was a lot of stuff going on that was really bad in this episode uh in terms of the dub but there was nothing I either hadn't talked about before or because uh, it's just it's just consistently bad so
0: yeah well I mean we'll always you know we'll always have Tronty.
1: Yeah, yeah we'll always have Tronty. <laughs> I think I think that was a good way to it was put it this way, right? I, I I felt like at the start of this, when we started this podcast, I needed, a, it was all going to be very Conrad heavy, because you haven't seen it before. And I thought I needed, I needed something that was sort of my little segment. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I don't feel like I need that anymore. Uh, so if I it, we'll, we'll do it again, if I notice something, because I will be watching it with the Yeah, Bell we Bimes can bring tour.
0: it back as like an intermittent thing if you spot something great
1: exactly and then that, that could be a moment like six episodes time i finally spot something it's like time for what the dub and then all yeah. this is like
0: yeah
1: <laughs> or or oh no who knows yeah. you know. but uh but yeah so that's gonna be that's gonna be the case um okay so if you want to leave a question for conrad or myself uh if you really want to um so if you question the
0: Con- question for anthony
1: <laughs> so there's a there's a, there's a i'm gonna put a comment at the top of this video on youtube If you're listening to audio apps, just go over to the YouTube channel. Give it a subscribe. And uh, if you just uh, want to ask a question to Conrad, it's going to be that pinned comment at the top. So that will be for Episode 2 of Season 2. And those questions are open until Thursday evening UK time. So if you want to get a question in, make sure it's before then. We record on a Thursday evening UK time. So just make sure. Apart from that, uh, I think we're done for this. We're going to see you back on uh, Saturday for the Q&A for this episode um subscribe to podcasting apps subscribe to the youtube channel if you haven't already also make sure uh to thank the people in the comments if they managed to comment the people who helped us get the microphones thank you very much to those people um anyone else wants to, sit to give us a little tip we wouldn't say no it will all go back into the podcast we need to get conrad a, a webcam because we want to see his ugly mug
0: what do you think yeah, think about think about how how exciting that'll be to be disappointed in my in in my appearance
1: (laughs) yeah exactly um but uh okay so apart from that goodbye goodbye
0: thank you for listening to the after dark podcast make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode